everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. The head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com is Patrick Morrow. Patrick, the NFL is upon us. Now, it's not week one just yet. It's only preseason. But don't tell any sportsbook that. <laughs> That's right, Seth. And I mean, you know, every year uh, I kind of lament the return of preseason football for a lot of reasons. Uh, the gameplay is terrible. Uh, the players aren't into it. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. There are some trying to, uh, you know, make their bones, crack a roster, hit that 52 man. But it's, you know, it's not good football. And I think that's one thing that's, you know, really, really attractive about uh, a 17 game regular season this year is that uh, it's a reduction of preseason games. Uh, so there's less games for us to try and worry about, less wonky point spreads and money lines that we have to offer. Because, uh, listen, the teams make it clear to themselves, the only thing worse than preseason football, Seth, is preseason overtime football. So the kind of wonky scoring (laughs) that you'll see late in games uh, will screw up a lot of traditional assumptions that players might have about point spreads. Uh, Generally speaking, you don't see a lot of point spreads below three points in the NFL because three is a pretty key number. Uh, A lot of games uh, end up being one possession wins one way or another. So if it's three or seven points, that's generally speaking where the majority of your NHL NFL scores pardon are ending with preseason football. You're going to see a lot of two point conversions late, basically teams doing everything they can do to not extend this game beyond the 60 minutes. So while it's a bit of a headache to handicap, uh, it does mean that the NFL is back. It means betting options are back. Futures are up. Team totals are up. And the regular season is only four short weeks away. Uh, you know what? If we have to suffer through this, they're only three weeks now, Seth. This, you know, this is pretty good. Although I do have one final suggestion for Roger Goodell and the NFL, Seth, and it just came to me now. I was Googling, how many drives does the average NFL game take? 32 on the nose. So what should we do? Pack all 32 teams to Canton, Ohio, and have all 32 teams play one drive <laughs> and then start the season, and it's over. Nice. Very good. Well, you know, look, they're going to play these games. So does that mean, since everybody's playing three, does that mean Dallas and Pittsburgh play a fourth game because they have the Hall of Fame game? It probably is the, is the case. Dallas facing Pittsburgh at the uh, Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame stadium. Remember, this was all canceled uh, last year. They didn't do the Hall of Fame induction. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you're, it's a national television. It's going to get a killer rating. I would say preseason Dallas Pittsburgh outrates every game in baseball that night. Yeah, that's a great point, Seth. I mean, at Bavada, we know, and looking back at historical data that we will take more money on that Pittsburgh and Dallas game. Then we will any baseball game that's slated to take place that day. Uh, you know, there's no bones about it. The NFL is king. We see it with our NFL draft props at Bavada as well. That, uh, you know, the first and second round, that whole opening weekend, really, of the NFL draft uh, will take more money than baseball games being played that day. So the NFL is still king. Uh, you know, we wouldn't post these lines if people weren't betting them as aggressively as they are. Again, uh, currently the over-under for this game set at 33 pretty low even for preseason uh, standard those over-unders are usually around 37 38 or so but again not expecting a lot of offense in this game and uh you know who knows maybe some uncertainty under uh, center for uh the dallas qb although i'm told that's a hippo yeah you're not allowed to ask everything's hippo you know, you, you, I hope people know that's not what HIPAA means. <laughs> and that's the funniest part is everybody just says everything. Oh, HIPAA. You can't ask any, any questions. It's HIPAA. That, that, that's uh, actually pretty funny. Um, as the, the preseason games go, 
um, when you talk about proportionally, I'm not asking for like dollar figures, but proportionately from the the week one of the preseason to week one of the regular season, is it a quarter? Is it a half? Is it three quarter? Like the, the amount of activity towards one preseason game versus that same team's first regular season game. Yeah, so I mean, depending on the matchup, it ebbs and flows, but it's roughly about 10%, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it just really just goes to show the kind of volume that we do at Bavada when it comes to NFL regular season meaningful games. Uh, no other sport that we offer competes with it on a game-by-game basis. So even if uh, the preseason is only taking 10% and it's still taking more than what a baseball game takes on a regular season, you know, that gives a pretty good idea to betters exactly the kind of volume that we do on these events. So, uh, you know, uh, we've evolved as a business at Bavada that, uh, you know, we don't make or break our entire fiscal year based on the NFL, but that very much used to be the case going back as uh, recent well, as now politics, years. right. Politics, yeah, politics, right. but you know, that. right. Golf betting has, you know, taken over and been popular. You know, it used to be like baseball just kind of got us over the lean season of summer, but with Olympics and everything else that we've got going, MLS has really taken on, uh, you know, a really big fan base and a really good, uh, you know, betting contingent at Bavada as well. Uh, we don't really have a slow season anymore. NFL is still by far the biggest, but I mean, and we've talked about this uh, in previous Super Bowls as well, whether it's prop betting, in-game wagering, everything else. There are so many ways to insulate ourselves from uh, a lot of these big decisions that we're going to have when we get to the regular season. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's still exciting to have the kind of volume that we do. That Sunday night, that Monday night, when all those parlays and teasers could be, could be coming down to one last drive and our whole week and sometimes, you know, even our month, can come down to it you know that's still pretty exciting for us as bookmakers so you know the nfl you know we have a lot of support around it but the nfl is still king and the one that still probably gets our attention and gets our emotions riled to the extent that they can be more than any other sport well the best thing is you've got dallas and pittsburgh on thursday night and then the week after they split they spread the games out that's that's the biggest key and it's more television opportunities but you know you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven national games. Week one, you have Washington, New England, Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Arizona, Miami, Chicago, De- Denver, Minnesota, Cleveland, Jacksonville, LA, LA, and Carolina, Indianapolis. Are you kidding me? As a better, I absolutely love it. As an odds maker, I hate it because for all those nationally televised games, I'm going to have to come up with in running in game odds. Uh, for updated, uh, you know, handicaps over under serve the entire game. That is very difficult when teams aren't out there necessarily trying to win when you don't know when that second or third string player is going to come in at a meaningful position. It is, it is much more difficult candidly to trade a preseason NFL game in game than it is any regular season game. Cause you know what the desired outcome is of both teams playing a meaningful NFL game in preseason. It's a little bit more chaotic. And as a result, uh, it's tough. So, you know, we're going to do really good volume on these preseason games because of how many of them are nationally televised. But I know my bosses are going to be asking me for each one of them. Well, where's the in-game wagering? Where's the prop bets? Where's everything else that we're offering? If it's nationally televised, we got to do it. So it's going to be a bit of a strain, but uh, you know what? Uh, this job can't be uh, all fun all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of fun, how fun have the Olympics been? The Olympics uh, have been really good. I, you know, I, Oh, come on. Well, the coverage has been impossible. The fact that they're airing things 13 hours, 13 hours in a social media age have made it a very difficult watch. 
I, I guess I should clarify that I think I had such low expectations for the Olympics that I've been kind of pleasantly surprised with uh, the little that I have been able to digest and, and see live, especially how much little I've been able to see live with that time difference uh, from the East Coast uh, to Tokyo. It, but you know what, from what I have seen, uh, you know, there's been some nice moments, you know, Biles was able to end her Olympics with a really nice moment, uh, uh, finishing with a bronze and kind of, you, you know, uh, it's it's really tough what she went through. If you get uh, what they're calling the yips uh, in gymnastics and you're flipping around in the air like that, yeah, you probably shouldn't be, uh, you know, gyrating around like that. You can get seriously hurt. So I thought that was a nice story. I think one of the toughest things. Yeah, but, this we, whole... but, but hold on. We, yeah, we yeah. talked about that. This was a major subject on Sports with Friends. You know, the yips or the twisties is a form of vertigo. And that's not a mental illness. And it's been so misreported what she's been dealing with. Mm-hmm. And to compare it to Naomi Osaka was a big disservice, in my opinion, to Simone Biles. If you can't get your equilibrium right when you're up in the air like that. Yeah, that's super dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's not anxiety. Right. I mean, you know what? I, I, I think... For me, it, it doesn't matter if it's anxiety or the yips or whatever. I, I mean, I think it's just, to me, I, it was a legitimate medical reason why she should not continue to participate. Now, I, I think perhaps because for others, there's maybe some still outdated stigmas related to mental illness that they feel that's you know tougher for Biles or tougher for Osaka. I'm not sure which. Uh, to me, they both seem like perfectly valid reasons why they should not be continuing. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the issue now is with the, the rest of the Olympics as they come, uh, there's going to be a couple of big finals, including uh, soccer. That's not over. Baseball. That's not over. Basketball. Tell me the Bavada odds of that. So uh, starting with basketball, uh, the U.S. men have uh, righted the ship after that opening round loss to France. They are now on to the semifinals where they are 12 point favorites at Bavada over Australia in that game. And they've now uh, increased their odds of winning the men's gold medal. Uh, they're now minus 400 at Bavada. They were all the way down to minus 200 after the opening uh, round loss to France. France was a five to one underdog in that game, but they've since righted the ship. I will say it looked a little bit dicey at times, especially early in the first half against uh, Spain. That was one Olympic match that I was able to actually watch live with that 1240 AM tip last night. I stayed up uh, for it, but you know what? Listen, uh, at the end of the day, uh, with Kevin Durant gets going when the sheer amount of talent that Team USA has you know they've shown that they can work through not having a lot of cohesion and it makes sense that they don't have cohesion these guys don't play together and a lot of them uh you know similar to what we see uh with uh, the world hockey championships these guys are kind of just thrown together and have to make it work Uh, it always made sense this idea that usa was going to get better as the tournament progressed and i think that's what we're seeing that you know they're feeling their shots a little better they're a little bit more acclimatized to where they are uh, it's going to take uh, a real effort to knock them out of that gold medal spot. Again, 12-point favorites at Bavada over Australia. Were they to play France or Slovenia in the gold medal game, the Team USA would be around 12 to 14-point favorites in that game as well. What about soccer? What about soccer? Let me brag for a moment, Seth, as the oh, Canadian okay. women finally knocked off the dash yeah, of the U.S. USA. women. Yeah. Our perennial- I saw that game live, too. Well, you are a better man than me. I should have got up, but 4 a.m. comes a little too early for your boy, Pat Morrow. But uh, I did watch the highlights <laughs> afterwards. Uh, it, it was great to see, uh, you know, uh, a tough result for the U.S. women's team that really did have a, t- a tough tournament. Definitely a, a counterexample of the U.S. men where they just couldn't really figure it out as they went along. You know, they had to get go through penalties even to get to that game against Canada. So 
a lot of things will have to sort out there. Still a chance to win a medal, though, Seth. Uh, Team USA women, they're minus 260 at Bavada to win bronze now. The Canadian women, plus 190 to win their first uh, U.S. women's soccer gold. Not U.S. women's, Olympic soccer gold, pardon me. And finally, so we did basketball, we did soccer, right? Oh, a baseball. Baseball. And, and finally, baseball. What, what do we make of baseball? And all these former major leaguers who couldn't make major league teams playing for this tournament. And every one of them's a, a happy story, whether it's Jose Bautista or Todd Frazier or Masahiro Tanaka. Everybody's gaga for baseball. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, been an interesting tournament. Uh, you know, bizarrely, I've, I've lost a lot of money uh, fading Israel. They have done very well. To, you know, they, they just lost to Dominican Republic uh, earlier this morning. Um, but you know what? They've kept it close. Their bats were strong. I found myself uh, often taking their opponents on the run line in these games. And Israel lost a lot of close games. Again, just 7-6 to Dominican Republic. And uh, they lost to Republic of Korea as well. 5-4 in extra innings. And I, I had the under in that game as well. So betting baseball has actually been a sore spot for me in this tournament. Uh, looking at the action for remaining games, you have Dominican Republic versus USA, Japan versus Republic of Korea as well. Not a lot of betting on the baseball. I think part of this is that it's not being as hyped up, but I think what you alluded to as well, Seth, the best players are playing in the United States right now. This isn't an example of, you know, a lot of stars who are still in their prime out there competing, like you're seeing with, uh, you know, Team USA basketball, the U.S. women's soccer team that allows pros to play. So, you know, looking at it so far, USA, a minus 260 favorite, favorite over the Dominican Republic. Japan, a minus 230 favorite in their semifinal match versus Republic of Korea. You know, it's been interesting to watch these games. I, I've tried to bet and dabble in them a few inside, but we haven't really seen too much player interest so far in these games. But again, a good chance still for Team USA to win another medal in these games. Well, the Olympics will certainly uh, go down in history as one of the most unique ones. Delayed a year, no fans. And that was my one thing when I watched the um, the gymnastics more than I thought the basketball and the soccer. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the baseball, but the gymnastics, there was no pomp and circumstance whatsoever. And you know what it felt like? I, I, I'll be totally honest with you, Patrick. It felt like I was watching my kids do gymnastics. Mm. Like everybody gets a medal. <laughs> like the, the, the hype of this wasn't there. And it was like one person went and they got, they got their score. They didn't go, they went on and there were no commercials on the stream. And so it was just kept going and there's nobody saying anything. And the only people cheering are the people on the bench. Everybody gets a medal, huh? I bet you have a take on how that high jump uh, finished on the men's side. eh? Well, when it's little kids, uh, everybody gets a medal. <laughs> <laughs> Little kids, everybody gets a medal. The Olympics, no, not the same way. If it's Qatar and Italy and nobody can make that final jump, though, everyone gets a gold. Every, everyone gets a gold. The head odds maker of Bovada Sportsbook is Patrick Morrow. And, uh, yeah, he wants everybody to win. He doesn't. It doesn't matter who wins. He just wants everybody to do it. Only you can stop yourself from betting NFL preseason. But if you're going to do it, do it at Bovada. That'll do it for the Bavada Ad Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. We'll see you next week.
Have you ever wondered what happened to that alt-rock artist you can never get enough of? Find out as they're interviewed on the Hallowed Ground podcast. They'll answer your questions about your favorite bands from the 90s and 2000s, celebrating the artists, their music, and talking to them about their latest projects. These chats go far beyond the hits and dive deep into their unique stories. Bands like Three Doors Down, Luscious Jackson, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Paula Cole, Verve Pipe, and Matthew Sweet. Download the Hallowed Ground podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. You've got mail. If you're into tech, you're going to be into tech stream. What is it? It's a new podcast because that's what the world needs. More podcasts. I'm Seth Everett and he is Shelly Palmer. Hey, Seth, I am Shelly Palmer. At least last time I looked and the world does need one new tech podcast because there just aren't enough tech podcasts, except this really isn't only going to be about tech. No, and it's not going to be something that only experts and, let's face it, nerds are going to know. And it's also not going to be for dummies. We're not going to tell you how to turn on your location services. As a matter of fact, we're not going to tell you anything. What we are going to do, though, is make you aware of some of the most interesting things that are happening. What's new? What's next? What it might mean? Why you might care? And by the way, how it's going to change your life. It's TechStream with Seth Everett and Shelley Palmer. You can find it on Underdog Podcasts and wherever you get your shows. 